0: Guys, welcome back to another episode of the wonderful uh, The Arsenio's ESL Podcast, man. I'm your host, as always, and today, oh yes, we have an in-company interview. So here we go. We got a lot of things we're going to talk about. Now, before we listen to this, there is going to be a a specific individual that goes by the name of Andy Green. He's the Director of Public Relations uh, at the Management School of London, and he's going to be talking about small talk and- email which i really didn't talk about much and then of course presenting right but what we're going to do and what i discuss is normally at the beginning and at the end as well as some of the comments that he actually speaks about throughout the entire you know throughout the entire uh what is it the entire interview right so with that being said again i love doing this so much we're going to put it into our own words and you It's entirely up to you. It's all about your opinion and your own idea. So here we go. Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea to work with friends? All right. Now, obviously this is going to be follow up with the because. So do you think it's a good idea or bad idea to work with friends and because. So I would have to say this is so difficult, right? And because again, Were you friends going into the job or did you develop a friendship on the job? Two totally different things like me and an Aussie guy who I actually speak to. Now, me and him, we've never grabbed a beer. We've had about probably three to four failed attempts. And because of our schedules not matching, we still haven't been able to grab a beer. However, when it comes to going into business with friends, I probably would absolutely never do that. Because unfortunately, there are habits that friendships ultimately slip into. Now, the only reason I say that is because if I were to have a friend, okay, any of my previous friends, let's say my childhood friends, Andre and Billy, these are the people I've known since the 90s, right? I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, believe me. No, but the thing is, I met them when I was like 8 and 11. So don't, don't judge me. I'm not that old. But anyways, you know, when it comes to these individuals um I lived with Andre that's right I lived with Andre when I had turned uh just after as a matter of fact on the day of my birthday I moved in with him uh it's because it was sibling rivalry my brother hated my guts and still does to this day which I am so grateful for but nonetheless uh me and Andre we moved into a bachelor pad. right now Andre I had known for nine years leading up to that moment today now being 23 years however based on his background, based on his family, based on his habits, based on everything I already had known about him. If you were to ask me the same question, Arsenio, today, hey, Arsenio, would you like to move in with Andre based on what I know him to be? Absolutely not. But at that time, I was just quickly trying to get out of, you know, the, the, the grips of my brother because this guy, his jealousy was just Unbelievable. So I ended up saying, you know what, let me just move into this, you know, uh, this apartment with my friend and everything will be better. Well, the thing is, uh, me being uh, responsible and me saying, okay, you got to have your rent on time this month, this month, this month. And me and Andre, we were very, very, very close for probably the first month, right? So I would have to say between May and September, within four months, everything had fallen apart. Now, was it my fault? Not really, me and Andre, we did have our problems and whatnot, but because Andre was in the Navy, he was always away, literally playing beer pong every single night at another loser's house along with other losers, okay? Arsenio, why are you so critical of them? Oh, believe me. They ran into some of the worst of situations. I remember one of my friends from Japan, my first foreign friend by the name of Satomi Nakagawa. She came out to visit me. And Andre, I told Andre, I said, hey, you know what? Don't even be around when she's here. I don't want her being around any of those absolute losers of human beings that you hang around with. And again, yes, I was critical at the time. But let's just say after about four months, everything had fallen apart. So in saying that, going into business with friends, this is one of the most difficult. Or to work with friends, okay. Now, to live with friends, no! And to go into business with them, absolutely not, okay, unless you know them, know, you, uh, you know, uh, uh, understanding the necessity, understanding their, their productivity, understanding the intent, the outcome, you need to make sure from head to toe, this individual is 100%. Now, I did that with one of my friends from South Africa. She's a transformation coach back two years ago did go into business, but we did have a lot of time because COVID and, you know, she ended up like, oh man, you you know, ended up working for Jay Shetty, you know, and she's one of the top coaches apparently in the world right now. And I'm so grateful for that. But she was a friend before we started doing collaborations and putting courses out there. Of course, both, it was very, very new to both of us. So we did kind of work together. Uh, I did somewhat have a podcast, a joint podcast together with another guy named Luke um again I wouldn't have considered him more of a friend he was more of a like companion on the same journey uh and that pretty much failed too. but nonetheless it's not a, you know going into work with friends it's tough it's a tough market you got to have the right intent and I to be honest with you I do believe Mira was the closest thing because if her and I if we were aligning with things at that specific moment and I was overcoming things and You know, if I actually had some of the hard conversations with her, we probably would still be friends today and whatnot. But nonetheless, hey, purpose, purposeful relationships. You can't hang on to something that was only meant to be there for a short amount of time for you to get the lesson you were supposed to get. Boom! Oh, my God, I'm so good at this. Number two, email is very or quite important in your company. Okay. Now, this is a question for you. Email? Absolutely not. No, emails are not important whatsoever. However, when it does come to emails, when I at the training company, uh, that's okay. I make sure I always send things professionally, like my upcoming, uh, you know, uh, training sessions uh, every week by email, uh, just as you know, a way of saying, uh, no, that is uh, not true. I actually sent this email at this time. So it's always good to have things on email. However, with the company that I actually tutor at, emails, absolutely not. Forget about it. Now, I like or do you like or don't like giving presentations? Now, you already know me. Oh, my God. I'm going to give you guys this. I don't know if I told you on this podcast, but back in 2019, I was working, at, working out at a gym which has since closed, Okay. And there was a trainer there who I still see from time and time again. I love this guy. Like I do my next breath. His name is boss. And I remember, how did this end up just playing out of nowhere? That is so weird. Anywho. Okay. So, oh my God, my phone just started playing out of nowhere. They're a ghost. I swear. Okay. So here we go. With that being said, let's get back into it. boss. There we go. I said, boss, man, I'm so nervous about this presentation coming up. but he said, Arsenio, you're a podcaster. I said, yes. You said you have been in one. I said, yes. For how long? Three and a half years. Uh, you're basically going to be doing that on stage. And then all of that stress and everything went away. You know, what's funny, I actually woke up the morning of my first a big presentation, just slightly hungover. Um, I was like, literally, it was like a big dance, get together, all this stuff downstairs at the Bangkok Marquee Marriott out here in Bangkok. And Man, I was meeting people, these game designers and these people for, oh, man, I was trying to make connections, man. Yeah, the Japanese over here, the Polish over here. Oh, my God. It was a phenomenal. Okay, and uh, free red wine. <laughs> you know us black folks, we love free alcohol. I'm kidding. That's terrible. Um, But no, no, actually, a couple of drinks, and I woke up. I said, mm-mm. Arsenio, you better get your shit together. So I had to hurry up and get like a detox drink. And boom, baby, I was ready to go and ready to kick ass. So there it is. That's before the conversation before we watch. So now we are going to listen to Andy Green talk about several things that I've already mentioned. And then we're going to break down some of the questions at the end. So here we go. Let's get into it. Small talk. We're
1: living in an incredibly busy time where managers have uh, less time to socialise. So why not have a win-win where you can work with your friends? Uh, So friendship uh, can be very useful, although you do need to be mindful that there is a distinction between your business and your social roles. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, friendship... um, the crucial lesson in success in life is getting more successful, powerful people to take your call. So if you've got friends, relationships that way, then that's very important. And really an understated factor in business success is what I call your likability factor. Mm. If people like you, they're more likely, to say, to listen, take your call, follow your advice uh, and recommend you to others.
0: Peace! Peace! I love it.
1: Email is uh, increasingly fundamental in communications. We now live in an age where we can't live without it. Uh, But I think we live in a paradox of communications where there's increasing research that shows that email is less effective. And less effective than what I call those eyeball meetings where you get a chance to meet people face to face. That's a much richer form of communication. You have two types of communication. One is dialectical, which is closed, contained, such as an email.
0: Okay, here we go, stop. Dialectical, which is closed, contained, such as an email. Okay. And then he gives another one.
1: And the other is dialogical, which is much more open, extensive, richer in content and content.
0: Open, extensive, richer, such as face to face, dialogical. Okay. So dialectical is closed, contained, such as an email. Dialogical is more open, extensive, richer, such as face to face. All right, let's continue.
1: And that, if you can secure more face-to-face communications, is my preferred method.
0: Now, honestly, to be honest with you, regardless, now, again, this was probably a couple years before the uh, COVID had just completely just strung us out. But to be honest with you, I really don't see that face-to-face or not being so much of an issue. However, there are students out here in Thailand where I believe doing face-to-face with them is far more... Is far better than doing online just because, you know, doing things online. Let's say, oh man, some students, especially like university students or anywhere in high school, unbelievably difficult to teach online because they really just say the same thing they say in classroom. <laughs> okay. And so, however, was I able to have rich, beautiful, open connections online? Even before COVID from 2018, doing podcasts in the collaboration era between 2018 and 2019, 1000%. I had the special privilege, privilege, although they're no longer in my life, to meet so many beautiful individuals from around the world. And, you know, we crossed paths at that specific moment to create some maggot, uh, (laughs) maggot, uh, to create some uh, magic to inspire people around the world. And so, it face-to-face isn't such a big deal, how, but I can tell you right now, there's a, a student, I don't know if you guys know of Shopee or Lazada, those are two massive e-commerce, uh, such as like like uh, Alibaba out there in China, right? Two massive e-commerce platforms, uh, Shopee being from Singapore, however, they've made a massive stamp out here in the Thai economy, and then of course Lazada, which has been bought out by Alibaba. So there's a lot of communication going from Lazada to Alibaba. And one of my students, as a matter of fact, I taught her online for quite a long time uh, throughout last year. And I was supposed to teach her in person until both, uh, what is it, Alpha and then Delta came in terms of the COVID variants. However, in the last class, I had the special privilege of teaching her. And to be honest with you, in the classes I taught her online, the energy that I saw being with her face-to-face In that classroom was far better than anything I ever felt in any of the sessions we had online combined. However, teaching some of my Colombian students and the Venezuelan students and um, basically any Central or South American student, I could feel that vibe like extensively online. So it being face to face, oh my God, it would be a huge turn up. Now going back to a situation very quickly before I you know hit play again. Going back to a situation uh, of teaching a business English class online, uh, there was a student, at, well, several students, about five of them, and, and we all went to go have a dinner, and it was so awkward. I'm like, oh, my God, guys, we literally had an eight months' worth of course. I saw you every Sunday, and why is it that I – it was just so weird. No one was carrying the conversation. Luckily, I had me a couple of along Islands. So I could break away from everything. But I'm just like, guys, come on, man. This yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, but luckily I was okay. And I was just very excited to see everyone. But that's what happens when you have, I don't know, that was technically four, five introverts. But luckily one of the girls had opened up about her depression that she had to battle and stuff. So then that ended up becoming a very good topic of conversation. Still very grateful to have met, uh, to finally have met them. But I was just like, damn, man, what's that? two guys, three women, okay? I saw two of you before I used to teach two of you. However, they were very, very quiet at the time too. But I'm like, dude, you guys need to get out of your shell. Just get out and say, fuck it, I'm gonna be who I am. How about that? Some people are just so I'm oh, I'm scared. I'm scared, to, I'm scared to talk. I'm scared. But then we saw each other online. If you give a damn about anyone that was around us during that time. By the way, Isabella, best pizza I've ever had in the world, hands down. I'm telling you right there. Uh, out here at Icon, see I'm in Bangkok. But anyways, you know, I'm just saying, man. I'm just, oh, you know, geez, man. When I'm, the, and there's no such thing as introverted, extrovert. no, you're, that is not, that, that's, that has nothing to do with the characteristics and who you are. So get the hell out of here. All right, that is basically a perception of what you believe yourself to be, and it is not true. Sorry, okay, I'm not black, I'm cappuccino. Goddamn, nationality, American heritage, anywhere between six to 10, I don't know. And if you find out what my heritage is, thank you very much, help me. Got it, so come outside your box, people. Come join the party. Even when it's, fa- it was better being, not email, but it was be- better seeing them online than it was face-to-face because, God, the dialogue was just dry. And I'm not being critical, but I'm just giving you just examples of how some people seeing the face-to-face is good. Sometimes it's like, dude, we should have just ate pizza online together. (laughs) Okay. And so anywho, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. But at the same time, you learn a lot. So luckily, Luckily, I'm a T-shirt and I know a lot about how to like let the conversation go around and stuff like that. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Let's continue. We're going to go into it. Let's see what this guy's got to say. Let's to give a
1: successful it. talk, fundamentally, you need to believe at the outset you've got a right to be there. In your head, that you've got a right to uh, be in front of this audience to share what you've got to share. Secondly, I would suggest identify the three key things you need the audience to take away with them. What are your three crucial points? And make sure you integrate those fully into your presentation at the beginning and also repeat at the end so that you can do your best to ensure your audience takes away the key points that you want them to get, take away with. And lastly, and it's really the first thing you should do in a presentation, is build rapport. Because no matter how polished or wonderful your presentation will be, unless you've got a connection, build a bridge with that audience your presentations can be less effective
0: oh boy i love it i love it bill report bill report so and so i absolutely agree with this um three key things that's kind of like with the book too right um you know i remember i talked to an author uh ken jeez i think he was 75 at the time he must be like six thousand now a uh, great guy from Wales, anyone from, from Wales, man. I've met some, except one guy, he's really scary. But I met so many wonderful individuals from the country, Wales, which is part of the UK. And Ken was one of those people, he's like, RC, if you're gonna write a book, make sure they could take something with them. If they read that book, if they finish it from the front cover to the back cover, they must be able to take something. And not only that, it must be practical. And that's what I love so much about like Brennan Burchard's books, you know, because they're, they are very, very practical, especially the high performance habits. Uh, Lisa Nichols, Abundance Now book, when I had bought that probably five years ago, on un- like it's, it's so good in terms of me being able to have exercises and ask the questions and stuff like that. Um, and building and rapport, building and rapport. And so that's why audiences are everything. And I tell you guys that because oftentimes we kind of just get in our own little world and we don't build that rapport. And you got to know what your market is too, right? So me, I it's not like I need to get on stage and have these presentations and stuff like that. No, absolutely not. But I know that Thailand is not my market, right? And so when I was on stage at BIDC three years ago and no, there were only a couple of people like nodding their head. And there was one kid recording the entire video in, in, in the front, you know, front half of the stage and everything. And, you know, there were other people scattered throughout. I'm just like, okay, well, uh, that's it. huh? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's it. All right. Uh, you guys are really not communicative. Thank God for the Q&A at the end, but Uh, It was just kind of like, okay, all right, thanks a lot. Oh God, this is totally not my market. But at the same time, I could have integrated things into my speech that could be a little bit more relatable to digital, you know? And so I was just showing them a number of different platforms, but I definitely could have done better, you know, looking back. But of course, not judging myself, just saying to myself, "Hmm, how can I make that better next time? So presentations and what Andy said about presentations, is very important. All right. And, um, oh man, I would have, yeah. And so we already went over, uh, the two dialectical and dialogical. Obviously it just depends on who your market is and whatnot. I can only imagine, um, there have been people who I've actually met, you know, over the last like 15 years. And it's so funny. Anytime they meet me for the first time, they're like, oh my God, you are exactly how you are on the phone or exactly how you are on the video or exactly this or exactly that. And I'm like, yeah, that's me being congruent. This is exactly who I am. This is who I show up as. And that is the end, you know? But I think oftentimes, you know, we, we kind of get trapped and we end up, you know, acting like someone we're not. And then we, when we, you know, meet each other then that, that's exactly who they are. Uh, and this is what has happened. Like going back to the, you know, the, the business English class that I had the pleasure of teaching a couple of months ago for eight months you know, looking back on those students, if they had shown, you know, they were exactly who they were online. I just thought it would be a little bit more talkative and I didn't have to speak for like two hours, but nonetheless, it was all right. It was all right. And thank God for alcohol. Oh my God, that helped me a lot. So anyways, people, that is an in-company interview. What can you take away from this? Well, Again, are you the person uh, who are you're thinking about, you know, going into or, you know, starting up a business with, let's say, a friend? Uh, You know, uh, are you a person who doesn't like giving presentations, but you're going to need to? And so you might have to develop that skill over the next five years. Okay, and then what books, what resources are you going to consume on a routine basis? And how are you going to practice to put that into your schedule throughout your day, week, month, quarter and year to get better? That is a question for you. So in saying that, people, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast. I'm your crazy host as
1: always.
0: And I'll be seeing you in the next episode.
1: Over and out.